BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Today is the day you will lose fat. Come see Dr. T at NJ Diet. Easiest diet I've ever done. It's changed my life. Come see Dr. T. Using blood work and DNA testing. 1-855-5-NJ-DIET and njdiet.com. Change your life in only 40 days with NJ Diet. Hey, yo, what's up, world? This is DJ JS1 of the legendary Rocksteady Crew. Right now, you're listening to the library. My man, Tim Please allow me to extend an invitation for you to make a move to the future. It may take a little extra to upcha Listen, let me Alanda's Dylan and Bronx's own Diamond D have linked up to great their newest EP called Black Tie Affair. The ATL MC joins me now in the library with Tim Anikel. Dylan, thank you so much for taking the time for this interview. Peace, peace. Thanks for having me, yo. Good to be here in the library. Get yours, live it up to the utmost. As a matter of fact, I would like to make a toast to the universe. Personally, I want to see us all rise to the furthest degree. So come on, we riding out. We about to dip. Take a trip to the future. Cool, thanks, man. Uh, so, Dylan, first, you're a DJ, you're a producer, you're obviously an MC, but you're also a vegan chef. How did all this happen? Oh, all right, yeah. So, uh, as a young, as a young teenager, uh, growing up in Jacksonville, Florida, I lived kind of near the Navy base, and I was surrounded by Filipinos, man, and they could all break dance and scratch and DJ and all that. This was like the mid '90s and stuff. So I was, I was really fascinated by that, and, and uh, I, I tried break dancing first when I was about 12, 13, and uh, <laughs> I was a little too too chubby. You know what I'm saying? I was still <laughs> shopping in the husky section, so that didn't quite work out for me. So I decided that if I couldn't break dance, then it would be cool for me to try to DJ and provide the music. So I, I got my first little set of turntables, a little belt drive joints. That uh, up next year, you know, I mowed lawns all year and saved up. Got me a little crate of records, and it was all like Debbie Deb, freestyle, Planet Rock, all like the electro type stuff that that was all my first records and all the stuff i was into nice and uh started djing and stuff did my first little party at like 15 and um <laughs> i couldn't keep up with how expensive it was you know but djs <laughs> these days have it so easy you just need a laptop and you know and you can get the music for free and stuff but you remember back then like you had to go buy the vinyl bro right, and right, as, right. as a teenager you know like you get about your little $7 a week allowance. That's one record. <laughs> so, you know, like it was hard to keep up. So, um, so I, I picked up the pen since that was free. And, uh, <laughs> I, I started writing rhymes and, and doing that. Um, my dad is a writer and my mom was a singer and stuff. So that was like a natural progression for me. Um, I, I'm definitely an MC and a writer first and foremost above anything else and so writing just made the most sense for me and and and, uh when i went to college i started taking that a lot more seriously performing and whatnot and it was in college i basically worked full time so i could 
put some money aside to record a, re- a demo. And I started working as a hibachi chef while I was in school at the University of Florida. That's a whole other story in, in and of itself. <laughs> Basically, the restaurant got robbed. All the chefs left. And here I was, this 17-year-old kid with braces. And the owner's like, do you want to learn how to do this? I need you to help me. And I was like, all right. So I trained how to be a hibachi chef and did that full-time all through college. And that, that gave me like a culinary background. And at the same time, I was writing my first songs and recording all my first stuff, you know, my early, you know, early 20s, late teens. And uh, so that's kind of how that all started and kind of fused at the same time. Um, Mm. That's actually where I met Mr. Chuck D. Yo, check this out. This is Chuck D, a public enemy. While I was cooking at at my restaurant, um, and I cooked for him. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, we've connected and we've been friends since then, and I actually got him on my first album. Uh, which is called Studies in Hunger. And the staff, we went over to the Bachi Grill, and he was the, the chef over there. So, you know, I asked my man, I said, you know, okay, you, you don't look like you are uh, a chef in the Bachi Grill. And he was telling me how he was all into hip-hop and was making his music, but also wanted to put together something that was combining the music, the style, the hip-hop, and the food. So he, as he made the, the grill of sushi, fried rice, veggies, and everything that he hooked up yeah, on, on the grill. I don't know. I've always been passionate about, about food. It's a lot easier for me than music, and it's a lot more delicious. So <laughs> I know that's a long, drawn-out answer, but that's pretty much where it is. <laughs> you, you obviously always seem like from a young age you're always serious about one aspect of music right and then you know you just said you just got older and you your passion grew to writing and then when you're kind of became serious about being a chef did you see obvious did you see obviously how these two kind of art pretty much art forms right how they started influencing each other in in your daily life or in your absolutely. you know like absolutely because C- when i was so when i started cooking you know the hibachi chef you know you're out there cooking in front of people doing the show and the tricks telling jokes Mm -hmm. you know doing all that and i was doing all that stuff you know with the onion volcano and tossing the knives around and all that and i was like 18 you know so it gave me a lot of my stage chops and my performance chops and and it took a lot of the fear of performing in front of people you know because here i am cooking this dude's 40 dollar filet mignon uh, ooh, I overcooked it a little bit. I better tell a joke so he doesn't notice. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that, and, and, and by the time, by my senior year, I was literally selling CDs at the table. So I would come oh, out right. and do a little rap, and like I would rap people's order. You know, they come out, you order steak and shrimp, you get steak and chicken. I would rap it and freestyle it and then like sell CDs at the table, and it was like this whole thing. <laughs> and so really that was, it was just like out of, necessity you know because i was at this restaurant five nights a week and i had these cds that i was trying to sell so i was like you people are in front of me <laughs> buy this too <laughs> that's pretty much how it all started did you i was imagine did you, did you ever have a moment that you had to kind of stop cooking because you had this great idea for like a lyric or a track that came in your mind and you're like oh shit i gotta go out <laughs> no nah, that would have been that would have been some class yeah 
now looking back now if i were to go back and try it again i would totally do it like that like y'all hold on i'm gonna let this chicken cook let me let me write this down real quick <laughs> so dylan you, you you have this new out new ep with uh diamond diamond d black tie affair um if you just kind of bring us in like how did this actual collaboration happen i know you two met it back in 2008 but when did right. that conversation really start about actually wanting to work together or kind of even create this EP? Uh, word up. Yeah, man. Uh, props to Diamond, uh, a true B-boy, a true just hip-hop head and, and fan of the culture. Um, his energy is so fly. He has like a really true, like youthful expression for this. And um, we met years back. I used to live with this band called Collective Efforts. And he would come over, he was doing work with them and he would just come over and hang out and stuff. And I always try to stay out of their way uh, when they were hanging. But one day I was just in my little studio making a beat and I heard a knock on the door and, and Diamond was like, yo, I like what you're doing in here. You know, and cause I had my own little setup and I was, you know, mm -hmm. running pro tools and doing this, that and the third. And he was like, uh, you know, I liked your sound. Maybe you could help me out with some engineering work. I'm working on this record called The Dime Piece. Still filthy for real. Fill it up till that cup runneth. I got a weak stomach. Growing it up and keep gunning. Gin rummy. King of the deck. I go gummy. What's a king with respect and no money? I think hungry. You got a hunch. Go fish like you never choke. I'm out to lunch at dinner like you never smoke. I never quote. It's the best that I ever wrote. But everyone's right, so the same in the Basically, I did a, a bunch of work helping them out with that tracking, engineering work, some mixing stuff here and there. And um, it just kind of came into this relationship where we were kicking it a lot. And uh, basically, it was like a work trade. He was like, look, you're doing all this work. How about I just do some beats for you for your next project? You know, like, you help me with this album, I'll do five beats for you. I was like, uh. all right, well, how about we just do a five-track EP? And that's kind of how that started. And we ended up doing one or two more joints outside of that. Uh, we, we dropped one of them. I dropped on an EP uh, back in 2011. It was an EP called Dylan Ain't Playing. And there was a joint that Diamond did on there uh, we did called Take Japan. Aviator shades. What's behind him? Cover up his eyes cause the sunshine blind him. You can look all over the earth and not find him until he shows up in the sky with diamonds. But yeah, so the, the EP was just, it just came out of this like work relationship and, and uh, I don't know, he's, he's kind of taking me under his wing, you know what I mean? And, and uh, I'm very grateful for the look and the music that we've made. When, when, it, when I mean, I guess when, when did he know that you could, I mean, it sounded like he, he heard you making beats, but when, when did he know that you could rhyme? Uh, yeah, so like one time we were down like, you know, like the house we lived in, it was like a big two-story house, and there was like a basement studio that was like the band studio, and it was nice. It was like a big open space, and, and uh, one time I was just down there kicking it, and um, they were just playing beats, and one of my roommates just started freestyling. And it was just the three of us sitting sitting down there, you know, whatever. And I just was like, you know, bumping. I'm going to just, I'm going to rap too. Because before <laughs> I would always kind of like try to stay out of their way and not seem like I'm, you know, trying to get in on their biz and stuff. But we were just kicking it at that point. And, and yeah, we're just freestyling back and forth. And, uh, you know, I'm appreciated it, I guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was just real regular. Everything was real natural and organic and regular. Like it was never like a pitch or like, you know what I mean? Like it just kind of happened. Right. Today you, you, know, you talk to people, producers and MCs about collaborating. A lot of it is, um, you know, via email or whatnot, but also, right. so very rarely you get like in studio stuff, but, uh, so I want to ask you about that, but also how, like when you're collaborating with someone like Diamond D or even, you know, vice versa, this, this question would be easily just for Diamond D as well, but how do you, or when did you know that this kind of, this collaboration was going to work? Like that, you know, that you, your voice fit his beats and his beats fit your voice. I mean, right off the jump, I mean, in my mind, you know, it was like a dream come true because I've grown up being a huge fan of Diamond D and his whole persona and the whole, like, producer, rapper, DJ, best kept secret. Like, his whole persona and image and concept has always been, like, you know, he's always been a hero to me. So I've always loved his beats and has always been a fan of, of his whole style. So already, for me, I knew that my style kind of accented his you know because i'm you know i'm a student of that era mm -hmm. i'm younger you know i'm 34 but i'm, I'm I, you know i'm a student of, of of the 90s stuff i wasn't qu quite there for it for all of it but you know um so th from the very first song we did which um it's actually the song called let the horns blow you hear the kid coming in your direction it's so official that i'm rolling with a horn section let him blast. They're telling you to get off your ass. I've been told I play a hell of a show. I ain't gas, but I will let you know when you give up the catch. I wrote that. Yo, truth be told, I wrote that like seven years ago. And it was supposed to be for the dime piece. Um, and that was the first beat that he gave me. And, it, and this was before we had even agreed to do an EP or anything. He just, he was like, yo, I like your style. I think you would sound good over this beat. And it was actually a different version of the Let the Horns Blow beat um, that he had done with a, a drum break on it and a whole other thing. And I wrote the song and it just didn't, it ended up not making the cut for the dime piece. So we ended up reworking it and kind of redoing the beat a little bit and uh, using it for uh, Black Tire Fair. Did it make it feel good like a doctor could? I'm get, getting cut like I'm in surgery. Life is so good that it's all been a blur to me. You feel the heat catch a burn to so the really, from right off the jump, you know, I, I feel like he kind of like had an idea of what I sounded like and what my approach was. And, and, um, and I think he, I feel like he embraced it. You know what I mean? And, and of course, Diamond's beat style to me is like the quintessential, you know, it's one of my favorite, favorite sounds in all of hip hop. So I was already ready. Okay, I thought so. Writing like I'm about to paint a Picasso. Never going live and that's word of my pop show. So if you want bars, I'm a charger cost dope. Cooking like I'm over a hot stove. The story how I flaws should be sold and not sold. Colossal props. Oh, I got those. See me with a snot nose wherever the pot grows. Who's holding? I'm too golden. Y'all caught the balls like Anquan Bolden. Listen to the brass. Actually, I want to ask you. I have a few questions about uh, Let the horn, Horns Blow. Um, I was really, I really am interested in the kind of writing. You, you kind of mentioned it, but write the writing, the writing to this track because it really seems that when I was listening to it, like you play off the music, you know, the horns, you know, the, the women singing, you play right. off that in your rhyme. Um, so 
so hey, yeah, what is so as you just mentioned, you had a the, there was a different version of the track that he first presented to you. So how do, how does that work with this track where you're writing? Are you I mean are you consciously playing off the, what you're hearing while you're writing? Is that like playing in the background? I mean, just take absolutely. us into this right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like my writing style, pretty much, I strictly write to the beats these days. It's it's very rare that I'll sit and write a whole verse or or pen a song or come up with a concept without the music to it. I feel like um, as a writer to be the, the most creative I can be and the best product I can present, it has to be one with the music. Um, so yeah, and, and as far as technique, I feel like it's a little more difficult. It's a little more time intensive to to play off the beat like that and to do that and and that's what I like to hear as a fan so that's what I try to make myself um, I'm, I'm always up for the challenge you know and the, and the fact that I had these little things to play off of you know the horn bridge and and the, and like you said the little choral sample and stuff it th those gave me that was the canvas I needed you know to to find a way to stand out a little bit with the rhymes you know because everybody rhymes so you know I feel like it makes it a much more cohesive musicality, <laughs> right? Right. right. When th another another thing that's great about the song, and you mentioned it, and you mentioned it in the track, uh, there's no hook. Uh, yeah, that's kinda... funny. <laughs> Don didn't like that originally. He didn't <laughs> like that. He had because he had, the first version of the beat was like a, a minute thirty-seven, right? Right. And and um and he this was like you know, a, a while back and it was supposed to be for the dime piece. So I just wrote to that minute and 37 and recorded it and sent him back the demo. And he's like, Oh, this is dope. You killed it. He's like, but this was just a demo D he's like, this is only two minutes long. Like we need a hook and it needs to be an actual song. Like, you know, cause he's very much about, you know, proper formats and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I was like, I was like, all right, D and I, just, <laughs> I just kind of kept with the same formula that I had going because that's, I felt like I didn't want a hook. I wanted, the beat was more conducive to just these little repeating bridges, right, you know, right. than having a standard hook. That's just kind of how I felt. And so I just kind of kept going. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think Diamond definitely wanted a hook, but I ended up just kind of doing what I did. It's great to listen to because because what you what I kind of noticed is that when you have kind of the, the 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 choral singing or the the horns going in the clear, that is your kind of your music cue to change change the verse or you know exactly yeah. exactly so, so that was kind of the way I was feeling it. It's non traditional and I dig it. It's more like a jazz kind of trading fours than than having like a pop you know like a proper hook. Um. You you say uh, I'm rhyming like I'm in a tuxedo, which is what you spit on. Let the horns blow. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> well, um, at the time and and still, at, at, you know, I feel like um, part of my aesthetic. I'm I'm into clothes. I'm into fashion. I'm a short dude. You know, I'm five <laughs> seven and a half. So I I've always found ways to stand out. Um, I'm I'm into to suits and, and all that and um so basically you know the feeling behind that is that like yeah i wake up every day i put on a tuxedo before i write my raps like you're getting this classy classy rap right now 
You know, mm. I take myself real seriously when it comes to this. I guess that's kind of what I was going for. <laughs> yeah, no, because I do. Cause, so I get this. It's weird. I get. This, I, I mean, the video um, for uh, Feast. You get. You, you. I mean, you're you're in a you're in a you're in a tuxedo, but then you get the sense, like listening to this album, that you are rhyming. Like or even like you just said, writing everything in a some sort of tuxedo or a suit. Yeah, it's like I, I wake up and put on my rap uniform. You know, like I, yeah, I'm trying to create the atmosphere for that. Doing surgery, we make deep cuts and cause the kind of ruckus people leave in police cups. So he's up, fam. Nobody going ham, homie. I don't eat pork. You ought to understand how the plan is mapped out. We follow in protocol. We planned an exact route. Don't bother to hold applause. Tomorrow the dough is off. Today we spend it first. That's why uh, what is, is that? I mean, is that also a kind of a? I, I don't want to say like like kind of like a, a level of maturity you're trying to display as well as an artist like that you're not a kid rapping you're more of a, yeah you're yeah i think so i think so yeah and and, and I, I would also say it's probably a nod to diamond d a nod of respect mm-hmm. like i'm gonna show up i'm gonna be you know dressed to the nines and, and ready to, to represent you know um because it's it, especially years ago and, and even you know to this day it's a it's an honor for me it's a very big deal it's not it's not like anything i've ever done um with someone who's always been a friend first or something you know here's here's this established highly revered artist that has has given me an opportunity um so you know i'm gonna take it to the utmost I gracefully escape, keeping my face woolly. I'll be straight, letting my fate pull me. While these other flakes is quick to break like some fake jewelry. So can I handle the business that's mine? Name a time you see me with a chick who isn't a dime. Hold up. I want to ask you about the the tech, uh, Femme Fatale. Uh, how does it kind of fit into the, the EP? I asked this because the the, uh, the four other tracks are like flow wise and beat wise I mean I feel like there's a lot going on in, in those tracks and then mm. fem, you, you get there is a lot going on but at the same time in the ear it's a very mellow mellow track to me compared right. to the rest uh, so what is the purpose kind of of this track within the context of the EP sure uh, great question so you know when I was going through these beats um, and, and picking them out and kind of trying to to, to let this project kind of coalesce, um, you know, that particular beat for Femme Fatale is one of my favorite um, intonations of Diamond's style, you know, his beat making style. I feel like that is like a really, truly classic, like Diamond D beat, you know, whereas Double Up is maybe a little quirky. Um, and you know, let the horns blow has like an old school feel to it too. But for me, like the femme fatale is like dead on, like Diamond D. You know what I mean? With the jazz loop and the vibes and the way the snare is cracking. Um, so beat wise, I knew I wanted that on the record. Um, and, and as far as concept wise, I was actually going through like a weird uh, sort of breakup situation at the time, and um. And I also knew, because this was towards the end of, of the writing session, I knew I wanted, like, a story, like some storytelling rap, because most of the stuff is braggadocio, you know what I mean? Like, regular right. just rapping, rapping for the sake of rapping, which I love, and, and, you know, I ain't mad at. But I did want to have something that had a little bit of a, 
a story to it just just to display that skill set you know and as a challenge to myself as a writer um and i thought that beat with how open it was um it, it it had like a repetitiveness to it that i thought would lend to telling a story because it, it kind of grabs you and just kind of keeps you going and keeps you looped in um so really, with all those factors put together, I just wanted to run with the with the concept I had. I was, you know, in my feelings a little bit about this breakup, so I wanted to uh, create this this version of this chick who was who was uh, who kind of reflected aspects of that. Oh, so is that why at the end you like, the, the guy says, "I'll do it again"? Yeah, yeah, because the whole thing was like. I was still into this chick. I knew she was wrong. I knew it was bad. I knew it was not a good look, but nevertheless, the things we do, you know. She thrust the blade in and twisted. He resisted. Told him one false move from your resistance and you get it. She yells for me to come and bring the heat a hunt. Put the pistol in his mouth and show him how to eat a gun. Get on your feet and run. But I ain't never killed a man. But so much adrenaline, I know that I will and can. So musically, on the, and we kind of discussed a little bit, but on music on the EP, you hear, you hear pianos, you hear horns, you hear guitars. Uh, as, a, as, as a lyricist, what do you like about each of these instruments? Sure, okay. Um, so the, to start with the horns, you know, I actually had a horn section come in and um, play over the... the the sample part and then there's a bunch of stabs and stuff that go throughout um and, and those are stuff that i added in post um to kind of like accent my lyrics and stuff what i love about horns is that you know the miles davis is probably my favorite character in all of music and you know the the, the horn is a lead vocal essentially you know mm -hmm. so i think that um just the, the just the the brashness of the brass and just how how it can take over real quick and then fade back out you know with the bah, bah. I love that you know what I mean and and also and it's really a nod to Diamond um who you know we all know kind of helped usher in the horns you know right. and, and was a was a pioneer in using the horns and so even the title let the horns blow is it's really a nod to to, to what to, to my perspective on diamond's legacy you know um so that's that um as far as piano you know i play a little bit myself super duper basic um and i just i, I think the piano is is probably the most expressive of instruments you know or, or at least to my knowledge and and to be able to look at a piano and see the musical scales and you know it kind of makes sense so for me, piano just, piano is almost like words just because, you know, it, it just makes sense to me. You know, it's a, it's, it's a lot more, it's, I guess, more mathematical to me because I can see it, you know, I can see the notes being played, I can see the chords, and, and um, so it, it kind of lends to my writing style, I feel like. Um, as far as the guitar, that was my boy Ben Hameen was living in that collective efforts house and we we did that a long time ago and um i think the it's it's really just a rhythm guitar underneath 
just kind of keeping the, the beat going and giving a little bit of extra texture underneath, you know? So, um, I just, I, I appreciate the really kind of the grittiness that it adds to it. And just, a, just a little bit of like something out of the ordinary. Cause you don't hear a lot of guitars in hip hop mm-hmm. like that, you know? Yeah, man. And shout out to my boy, uh, DJ Harrison, out of Richmond, Virginia, who's in the band Butcher Brown. He's the one playing Rhodes on Femme Fatale. Oh, wow. Nice. And um, initially, there, there was no Rhodes on there, and it was just the sample with the vibes. And um, at, the, at the 11th hour, I wanted something a little extra to, make this, to help make the song move, because it is a long song, and it's a long story. And it, right. it's even hard for me, you know, to pay attention sometimes. So I wanted to give it a little extra and I had him play a, a Rhodes take underneath it. And I brought diamond over to check it out and he was blown away by it. And he had me turn the sample super, super low and turn the roads up. So you hear the roads like way more prominently in the final version than it ever was before. And um, I, I think it just added so much extra to the to the story and you know he's accenting certain parts when there's drama when there's a climax when there's you know shots fired this that and the third you know my man dj harrison did a great job i thought of kind of just adding adding to the to the music of it yeah so we 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 spoke about individual tracks and kind of like what they mean to you on purpose they mean to you but as an overall out ep what was your kind of mission going into the black tie affair? And then how do you think that kind of, how did, how does, how does the final version represent your mission? Uh, word up. Um, well, I think honestly, I, I didn't have much, too much of a mission beyond like getting it out in it's in the best possible way, you know, making sure that, all the lyrics were up to par and that everything was presented properly as far as the artwork and just the, the overall feel of the album. I wanted it to be, to feel classy and to feel grown and, and to feel, you know, I basically I was trying to level up my style to match diamond D's mm. um, because in the past I've done stuff that's goofy and, and, you know, I've done, a bunch of different styles and, and you know i don't know what people know me best for it's maybe for being funny or for the food or for whatever but i just kind of wanted to reestablish the fact that yeah at the end of the day you know my main thing is writing and rapping and that's what i'm gonna do on this project so that's what i was trying to to, to show you know um and i wanted it to be natural and feel i wanted it to not feel forced I didn't want it to be like, yo, who is this, who's Diamond D working with this clown? Like, how much did this dude pay Diamond for these beats? You know what I mean? Like, I wanted it to to feel like it made sense and that it was an actual collaboration and not me just, like, getting over. Right. And and I think, I think I've, I think I executed that to to the best of my ability. Um, I'm happy with how the record came out and, and, you know, the, the artwork and, and, uh, we just had a couple release parties, one in Atlanta and one in Jacksonville. And 
those went well and it was you know it was cool to to see that people kind of dug the vibe you know i mean it is it's a i think every track is a strong it's a strong complete ep that i definitely i there's no tracks that right now that there's no tracks that i'm skipping over thank you man uh, that, that means a lot man i, I really appreciate it i mean it's only five songs <laughs> that was another thing i was like yo you can't mess this up bro like it's it's 18 minutes like there cannot be any minute of whackness <laughs> you know is there is there talk about doing a full-length album uh, with we diamond or we, we haven't made it that far yet um mm -hmm. but hopefully that's something that that can happen naturally based off of uh you know what we're able to do with this and and how people respond and whatnot um mm. yeah no I, I would love to set that in motion so uh hopefully you know i'll send diamond a link to this podcast and with the with the hot link to this moment right in there and <laughs> <laughs> kind of look at him like what's up hey how you doing what's uh, up, dog? <laughs> uh the new ep is called black tie affair it's produced by diamond d uh, uh dylan the mc is over it it's a it's a great great ep uh dylan thank you so much for joining me at the library with tim Heineken. No, thank you for having me, man. It's an honor and a pleasure to be amongst such great company. And, uh, you know, it's thanks, bro. It's good to be out here. Much love. Okay, I thought you would. Dylan make it feel good like a doctor could. I'm get, getting cut like I'm in surgery. Life is so good that it's all been a blur to me. You feel the heat catch a burn to the third degree. Do I come correct? That's a bet, sir, certainly. Putting work in, polo stripes on. And hold a mic with a string tight python. It's like you hold the whole world in his right arm. The ladies feel the love, but the fellas hear a fight song. Blaming all the vibe of the trumpet. Or how I stay inside the ride of the drum kit. See me at your local speakeasy with a strumpet. Cheap champagne to the face, I ain't drunk yet. Everybody at the top got ruined. Rookie of the year, I'm a shoo-in. Okay, I thought so. Writing like I'm about to paint a Picasso. Never gonna pop and ask word of my pop show. So if you want bars, I'm a charge of cost dough. Cooking like I'm over a hot stove. The story how I flaws should be sold and not sold. Colossal props, oh, I got those. See me with a snot nose wherever the pot grows. Who's holding? I'm too golden. Y'all caught the balls like Anquan Bolden. Listen to the brass. This for everybody who was dissing in the past. A whole lot of snakes hissing in the grass. But as I elevate, I ain't kissing any ass. Your boy's on top of the world. Hey, now can I hear the girl say? Right, appreciate it. Just a little something me and Diamond D created. ATL Georgia, Bronx, New York. Sounded like sort of straight out of 94. Cause what you thought it was? Used to rock Nauticas. I was coming up in Duval riding on a bus. Fast forward, skirt your brakes on. Developing the elements and making a great song. I've been staying on my paper chase strong. So we can get it in, girl, but not if it takes long. <clears throat> Pardon me, do I sound horny? It's your boyfriend's corny You will be regretting the day when you ignore me Looking back on it lonely at age 40 Later on she sent me a text Let me read it to you, it says Good looking, always have flavor cause I understood cooking Any competition stepping to me get tooken How I make a hit and I ain't even put a hook in Yup, I'm holding down my lane proper Looking fly like I came from the opera And I'm riding high in a helicopter Twisting up something and sipping on vodka Nah, can y'all say certified? If you heard that I'd arrive, well then you heard it right. Uh oh, they go to horns. They roll with him everywhere that he performs. Leaving stage torn, breaking all norms. Getting cake even if I ain't getting on. And that's no ifs, ands, or maybes. Now can I get something from the ladies? Thanks for listening. Changing the game from the state it was in. 
acting up like a young Jack Nicholson. First name Dylan, last name Magnificent. And I was born in Michigan. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America. 